Too Many Comics, episode 148. Brooks, as if we couldn't uh, talk any more about Infinity War, I guess there are, there are a few more things to discuss. It's an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> so we, I guess to, to include in this, so I, I, I finished Jessica Jones season two over the weekend. Um, and as I, as I watched any of these television shows, I mean, I, I get how they, you know, doing slight hints at connecting them and, and how hard it might be to actually include everyone in every little bit of things. I was at least happy to read that it was somewhat considered for even if only a brief moment that the Russo brothers thought of including some of the Marvel TV characters within the movie before they realized, you know what, we've already got 20 characters in this thing. It's going to be a little difficult. It would have been pretty awesome, though, right? It at least made it to the writing floor, though. So that's cool. I mean, I feel like because I just want it to happen so desperately, and we've seen the movie now, that they could have worked them into, like, the disappearing part of the movie. For sure. They're just, like, they're at the bar, and bye-bye, Danny Rand. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's what I thought they could have. It required nothing by way of, you know, plot or substance just a quick little shout out to uh-oh i think at some I, point they'll do this oh bring them in i don't even think i'm not saying it will be like the defend every single one of the defenders will show up and fight somebody i think they could very easily uh, just you know how, how good they are doing these little nods to things yeah, yeah like you know off the top of my head maybe I don't know. Tony gets into legal trouble or something, and for some reason Matt Murdock is like the lawyer of defending the other person or something, or he just happens to be in the courtroom. Like something stupid like that. I think they will throw right. them in there. Okay, that was a good save because Tony could afford a much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Tony's <laughs> not going to have Matt Murdock. He'd have uh, Jerry Hogarth's. Sure. Okay. Well, <laughs> as long as he got that shit mapped out. All right. So, okay, there's more adventures uh, stuff happening. That it is. Um, we just there's just a little nugget in here of every Infinity War trailer scene that didn't make the cut, and I listened to um, re- related to this. I listened to a podcast with the Russo brothers. Um, I forget what it's called. Some podcast that MTV does, uh, and they discussed you know the trailers aren't made to showcase essentially the movie as a whole. Like the trailer is its own thing. So mm-hmm. the fact that you know they. Th- put the Hulk in a certain scene where the Hulk isn't actually in the movie. Isn't them trying to throw people off although it kind of does that. It's just, you know, the trailer is made six months out. The movie's not done yet. They take what footage they have, what things they've shot. Obviously all the time you see scenes that don't make it into a movie scenes that, you know, are just completely different. That's because the movie's not completed yet. So I think from now on, anytime that a trailer comes out, I'm not going to read any of the hot takes of people trying to dissect what's going on. That's what I'm getting at. I mean, come on. They knew Hulk wasn't going to be in it. They knew that. That was a misdirect. Come on. I don't know. I mean, he did not appear in the movie, but for like five minutes. <laughs> they you mean, oh, oh, we decided to cut that whole expensive scene with the CGI giant green person? Come on. All right. Whatever. So, so in this case, I feel like that's not totally accurate, but I, I suppose there's merit to that somehow alright well James Gunn at least also revealed what Groot's last words were did you see this I did oh my god this I mean like look, I'm dead inside alright so <laughs> so I think this is like retconned I think more recently where actually with Groot's language is in fact quite um, complicated and and has lots of layers it is, it's not merely I am Groot there's a, there's a lot to it 
right? Almost like Chewbacca mm-hmm. style. Okay. So they revealed that when he was he was like getting eliminated, that like he, of course he says, "I am Groot" to Rocket, who was the only the last Guardian standing, I guess, right? I think so. Yeah. And he said, "Dad," and then no. goes. That is heartbreaking, dude. I have told that to, to more than one person who have goosebumps. Like, like, oh, no. That was like the response that I gave to people or that I put on people. So that's tough. That's is, a tough that, is that really what it was to the Russos? Or is that James Gunn just toying with people's emotions? Well, what was it in the trailer? <laughs> <laughs> Such a dick. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, the f- I, I I as heartbreaking as that scene was, uh, I hope it's that actually because it, it, it just really does make it that much more like heavy, and you know, and just it's a that's a tough pill to swallow for, for real, right? Certainly. Jeez, Louise! I can't that wait tough. to see Avengers four. Oh, <laughs> dear Lord! I, I'll, you, know, you know what? Though? I'll come home for that. I'll come home for that. It's I on the books. It, it, it's a it is a solid year away, but uh, I feel like we need to be in each other's presence to see it, mm-hmm. and and just closure wise, my God, I know Oof, it's Jesus. a lot of time invested. True, yeah, like twenty hours more, mm-hmm. yeah, easily okay. more. Yeah, uh, yeah after twenty movies, right? Yeah, so like so, forty hours, forty to fifty, six hundred fifty thousand hours. All right, so <laughs> let's 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 take a turn here. So. I've had the opportunity to go to lots of cool signings up here. Uh, you were up here for Charles Soule, uh, many, many others. Donnie Cates signed last Friday, which I – Friend of the show. Friend of the show uh, from way back with the paybacks that he came on with uh, Elliot Ray Hall years ago. Years ago, which is the craziest part. I managed to bamboozle a buddy of mine into going to this who does not even read books, who, by the way, was asking me all kinds of questions that, like, are so 101 about, like, how many universes are there? And does this person know this person? And I'm like, this is just – this is this is awful. But nevertheless <laughs> – but, like, if you don't know, how would you know, right? I mean, within Marvel alone, there are multiple universes, right? 616 is the main one. That's just the, 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 the tip of the iceberg. Anyway – so you know I've got a system where we go to these things like after the start, right? So mm-hmm. when you were here for Charles Soul, what time do we get there, do you think? If it started at 6, what do you think? 6.45? Uh, I, I have, I have no yeah, around about 7. All right. So we rolled up to Donnie Cates, maybe 6.30. You would not believe the line at this thing. This is the longest line I've ever seen for a Midtown Comics signing. Like I'm talking like I've been, like I said, to a lot. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn. Peter Tomasi, Charles Soule, Gail Simone, Raven Simone. I have never seen a line this long before. It was like so far back. So I'm like, well, let's take a break. So I went and I bought the book that they make you do, right? And then they give you a ticket. And then the guy gives me the ticket and I promptly walk away. I could tell I got like a weird look from the guy being like, where are you going? You're supposed to get in line with this. We go get um, beers and a bite to eat because, you know, quid pro quo, I told my friend I'd go watch a Caps game because oh, I care gross. about hockey. I know. Well, I was I – was, it, it, it was the deal. So we went and watched a Caps game, play Tampa, as a matter of fact, at the world's smallest bar in, in New York later on. But that's besides the point. Um, anyway, we come back after having been gone for like an hour, having gotten the beers and what have you. The line is still kicking. 
It's like 7.40 now. It's still going. But I was in this, in this to win this. We go in. I get in line. Finally, and it go, the line's moving fast. Now. I might have been third to last to go meet the guy. Get up to him, and I say – all I had was the one Venom book that he was signing, and I said, it's really nice to meet you in person. I've been reading your stuff since Buzzkill. And I'm telling you right now, the dude stopped. Like he was like, what? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read Buzzkill when it first came out, which is his first ever book. And I said – and you were also nice enough to come on my podcast with Elliot when you were promoting – first name basis – when you were promoting the paybacks. And I could tell the guy was very like impressed if not humbled that I was not some Johnny come lately here. I actually had been reading his stuff for some time. And uh, we were rapping for a minute for sure. And uh, anyway, so he saw my book. Couldn't have been nicer. I tweeted to him afterwards. He did not respond. He's too big for this shit. Um, but anyway, it was really, really nice, man. I got to say, I um, I should have got you one, too, because I know you're a fan of the writer and the character, uh, which we'll discuss in a, in a moment. But anyway, it was a very interesting experience. And again, I like the idea that, you know, we had connected before this ever took place, and he actually seemed to really give a shit about it. So, so that nice. happened. Well, I'm looking at the post now. So this was August 12th, my birthday. For some reason, I was posting this uh, episode. Uh, August 12th, 2015. It was the interview spectacular with Donny Cates and Elliot Rahal. Wow. Almost three years ago. The third installment of Interview Spectacular. They detailed their friendship, which started as interns at Marvel. Wow. How that helped form writing styles and got their minds moving on potential storylines. Talk past work, the strong message behind Buzzkill, what it's like to work with Dark Horse, and the two must decide between My Chemical Romance and the Toadies. Oh, who'd they pick? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I feel like it was... Don't they, aren't they friends with someone on the Toadies or something like that? Or was it the other yeah. way around? Yeah. Uh... There's a, obviously the connection as Gerard Way and somebody from the Toadies is doing something in comics as well. I don't remember. I forget what they chose. You have to go back and listen. And I remember, hey, you guys, you should listen to our old shows. So anyway, it could have been nicer, though. Maybe we ought to retweet that show and see if that gets any traction. Yeah. So let's talk his book then. It's irrelevant. All right. So video number one out of Marvel by Donny Cates. This was an interesting read to me. So I, I'm, I'm very unfamiliar with what's happening these days with Eddie Brock and Venom as, as, a, as a combo. But apparently they, they are existing somehow. And there's, there's a uh, – something's up, right? That they, mm-hmm. that, that he's trying to silence the symbiote with, with the pills of some kind. But he's having these visions. And along the way he gets sort of – uh, picked up by a group of people where he learns that people have been bonding with alien symbiotes or symbiotes. How do you say it? For some um, time. I've seen a lot of chatter ever since the the trailer. The trailer, and yeah. apparently everyone everyone who reads comics thinks that the trailer has got it all wrong. How so it symbiote is what they say. Symbiote. I think symbiote is the way it was always said in like the cartoons and everything. Okay. All right. Well. Anyway. So um, Eddie Brock is now investigating how to liberate some yesteryear venom people is that that's clumsy yeah that's (laughs) that's what it was to me so yeah that i mean my i guess i have i have limited knowledge of venom's history as a good guy so i mean i've read you know when he first came came on board spider-man uh i've read a lot of the stuff where he was the spider-man villain um you know, recent recently he's had his own titles. He's been what was it, Secret Avengers? He was a part of, yeah, uh, Secret Avengers, his own stuff. Like I said, uh, so I guess the 
the big reveal in this issue, from what I gather from for people who know his history much better, uh, was that the Venoms, you know, existed long before. He and Flash Thompson aren't the only ones. You know, it's things have been going down long before them. You know, he meets this this Rex was his name, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meets this guy who's got all kinds of knowledge about the symbiote, um, how it functions, what it eats, how your body reacts to it. Do you age after having come in? To contact, so he's opening up a whole world uh, to Eddie um, to enlist his help to to basically stop what's going on and since the fall of Shield and going to find all these things. It's an interesting storyline. Yeah, it's a you know a new take, obviously with a with a reveal like that. Um, you know, I think it's well done. It's, it's the art was pretty cool. Um, I think artists probably have a lot of fun drawing Venom. I mean, when he gets into full action and he's got the you know he's got the the signature thought bubble of his um you know just this big huge muscular alien thing with veins popping and the long tongue i I imagine guys have a field day drawing him um but it's well done the the story seems cool i like donnie um i think i could i'd like to see where i mean just because i I have enough interest in the character i'd like to see where it goes like you know what they're getting at um you know, I don't know what all is going on in this world right now, but you know, does Flash show up at some point in this too? Does you know, do any other characters get involved? Is this just a Venom thing? Um, so I'd be interested where he takes it. So the artist is Ryan Stegman. Never heard of him, but <laughs> um, the reviews are in, and it's this book is getting a lot of good um, accolades. Eight point seven critic, uh, nine point two user, which is very respectable. And that's out of forty user reviews. So you see, when you add all that up and average it out, that's pretty good. But, I mean, I said before, I, I know even less about Venom than you do. I was never that much of a fan, but obviously he's a pretty well-known character. Um, I did think it was well done, and there are things that I did not know about anybody involved. Uh, I mean, I might give it another one. I mean, again, it's it's super outside of what I ever read. I never even read Spider-Man, to be honest with you, but uh, I liked it. I really did. And it's not just because I was coasting off of um, I know somebody quasi famous sort of kind of fumes. That's that's that. All right. I read the print version of this. I shouldn't have. I was I was precious cargo. Yeah, the autographed one. I did. Oh my god, you touched it. Yeah, I was scared. <laughs> I was as scared as, as anybody. Did you wear gloves? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wore gloves. Oh my god. All right. Well, for next week. We have uh, New Challengers, number one of six. This is by Scott Snyder, drawn by Andy Kubert, uh, out of DC. From the pages of Dark Knight's Metal, Challengers Mountain has returned to the DC Universe and chosen a new team of explorers. Five misfit strangers are given a second chance at life, but only if they obey the orders of the mysterious professor and execute deadly missions in the most unexplored corners of the multiverse. And if the new Challengers of the Unknown fail, it will be more than just their own lives that hang in the balance. All right, so I didn't read Dark Knight Metals. I don't know if you did or not. I did, did not. You? Nope. Okay, so, but I hear good things, but I also, I mean, the creative team, you can't deny. I mean, come on. Yeah. Obviously, you these can't. are two of the best in the business, you know, taking on characters that I know absolutely nothing about. So that's that's the type of story thing that I'm, you know, I'm always interested in picking up a, a number one to see if their their talent enough is, you know, can make me interested in a, in a new thing like this. How much talent do you have? Um I uh, also um, just want to point out that Andy Kubert, like a personal fave. I mean, he was drawing the X-Men when I was in middle school. So I'm excited to uh, pick this up and just kind of see where they go with it. And whereas uh, I hated the Fantastics, hopefully this is not that. We can is that only the one? hope. 
I mean, that was real bad. Yeah. Well, uh, no, the Terrifics. The Terrific. Well, see, that's uh, that's how much I didn't care for it. <laughs> it's like, oh, by the wrong name. Well, what else did you get to this past week? All right, so I'll just uh, rip right through here. Uh, Old Man Logan thirty nine. I can't believe this book is still going. I mean, Me the neither. way that they, the way that they, you know, have books come and go. And you know what? Okay, let's just see if you are listening to me. What's my primary complaint about Old Man Logan in general, in terms of the narrative? Do you can you recall this? Uh, you're putting me on the spot. How they always mention that his healing factor ain't what it used to be. Oh, okay. This this new arc <laughs> is, is nothing but that. That he's his he's gotten really fucked up. He, he like lost an eye. Some other shit's gone down. And like the whole new arc is about that his healing factor ain't what it used to be. And I'm just <laughs> <laughs> he's I been an old man for 39 issues now. I'm, I'm sick of it. And you know, real Wolverine's back. So I'm wondering what they're going to do with this character because they couldn't have them both. I hope not. Anyway. Uh, Eternity Girl number three, which I managed to also get an autographed copy of this, of, of issue one, not three. I'm telling you, if you're not current with this, I, you should pick I'm it not. back up. It, it, it reminds me of Mr. Miracle in many ways. And I, and I, I can't, I can't, it's just, it's kooky and weird and kind of tragic and what's going on here. A lot of like flash sideways and I'm not really sure what's the real narrative here. But I uh, I do enjoy it very much, and it's a, it's a six book run I want to say, so you know you can get in and get out pretty easily. Um, this was free on Comicsology Unlimited, Devolution Number One by Rick Remender. This involves I, want, I almost feel like I read it before and I forgot where the government at large, in an attempt to defuse wars on planet Earth, uh, has have d- devised this treatment that shrinks the part in your brain that wants there to be religion or a higher power because that is what's been fueling wars right it's just competing religions okay and of course it goes horribly wrong Damn. oh yep all right okay runaways number nine you did not read this i did okay well it's not in the notes how would i know well, it's in you have it in read this week i'm not gonna do i need to put like times two by it plus one okay like old school, old school, old school. <laughs> of course i read it this Go book is school. is like quickly become is quickly it probably is now my favorite read to pick up really Yes, and I love this issue. Wow. Okay. Did you I mean, not like the issue? I did, but I just that's a bold statement. It, it's it's just so much fun. Well, first off, um, this interaction between Chase and Doombot is great. Like, is Doombot like? Do I need to go read Avengers AI? Like, is Doombot like this kooky, fun character that you know is torn between being Victor Von Doom but knowing that he is in fact just a Doombot? I mean, I think that's that's all you need to know. I feel like, but I mean, does it create some like like I don't know? He was funny to me in this little interaction with him. I you know I never knew much about him. I haven't read Avengers AI or anything. Um, but aside from that, you know, it's just it's just incredible storytelling to be able to keep their stories going. So I mean, we had the first little arc of this sort of had one issue that reintroduced each character, and you know, we finally got moving into something that has them all involved. And then even an issue like this, you've got, you know, a little side story with Victor. You got Chase trying to put them together. You got Molly's story going. Carolina's got a story going. You know, uh, what's her face gets a job. Like still in just like this 20 some page comic, they're able to touch on each character, keep it interesting, keep them together as a group. Um, I just don't, I don't want to see this end anytime soon. So as much praise as I could give it, um, to make sure it lasts, um, I'm all about it. I mean, I enjoyed it. And it's an easy read. Yeah, very much it. so. 
So, you know, you, you know I like that. Um, the only other thing I got to was I'd mentioned last time that I got every, or at least the first six volumes of Deadly Class super cheap, courtesy of a Comixology deal. And we'll talk a little bit more about this later as there was some big news regarding this title today. And because of that big news is why I'm making my effort to sort of get caught up and have a better feel for things. So I'm plugging my way through that. I read the first volume. I'm one issue away from finishing the second volume. Still got a ways to go, but um, anytime I've got a free moment, I've been kind of doing an issue at a time. So I mean, it's a great book, man. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's a very, very good book. I like the art very much. Wes Craig is the person that does that. Uh, sometimes it's, it's a little bit difficult to discern characters because it's just so gritty. But I don't care. It's a great book. I'm, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I remain current with that. I don't care. Um, I don't care. I really don't. I'm a rebel. I'm an outlaw. I should go to that school. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Uh, I'm a soft people. All right. all right. So I don't like this news at all. No. As if you didn't have enough reason to hate Comcast enough, being one of the most terrible companies in the United States, they are readying a cash bid to upend the Fox-Disney deal. So what Comcast, NBC, uh, Universal, whatever, all the companies that merged to big one ginormous corporation – they are wanting to offer uh, all cash deal uh, for a lot of money to just straight up buy Fox and stop this Fox Disney deal, which everyone in the that's world stupid. wants to happen except except Comcast apparently. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. So you know, let's hope this doesn't go through, and uh, that's that. I mean, I, I suppose I could. I understand the whole monopoly thing and how it would you know, affect people and things. I don't, pursuant to what I said before, I don't care. Let's make it happen. I uh, don't care. I respect our nerd orbital. Let's do this. <laughs> and a little bit better news. Uh, so another friend of the show we've, we've talked about a few times, and he also was on the interview Spectacular. Uh, Cody Sousa is venturing into Kickstarter to produce a – physical graphic novel of his croak series so 96 page horror graphic novel scheduled for an october 2018 release you could get it on kickstarter for only 10 bucks he was seeking 3500 dollars. he's currently at 4600 so it will get printed he's got 20 days to go so you know we've talked about this book a, a few times in the past and you know we were fans of his happy to see him still doing the thing here so uh you know if you feel inclined do go support there's tons of of levels of getting signed stuff by him, the physical book, um, getting some other alternate comics goodies, some, you know, specific art. Um, yeah, I mean, lots of stuff going on there, but good for him. The kid's a hustler. Yeah. He is a hustler, seriously. I just want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll tell you who else is a hustler. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. We've, yeah. I've talked with a, with a few people that every time these movies come out, everyone asks what these people make, um, you know, and the answer always is, is I don't think many of them make that much for the movie itself. Besides Robert Downey Jr. Who was the first to go, was the first to have his contract up as was, you know, in all intents and purposes, the, the linchpin of making the MCU happen. I mean, he carries that role exceptionally well. He's doing a great job. Uh, the word came down that he was paid $10 million for his uh, somewhat brief cameo in Spider-Man Homecoming, <laughs> which was, I mean, was roughly $1.5 million for each minute that he was seen on the screen. 
I mean, good for him. I mean, remember when that dude was in, was in prison? Yes. <laughs> I mean, and now he's like making bank to do. I mean, how much is he actually in the movies? I wonder even because I mean, a lot of that is also like computer stuff. Yeah. And the, when it, when Iron Man has his lid closed, that's not him. <laughs> so he in this story they say he famously negotiated a deal with marvel studios and guarantees him a share of the box office for each film in which he appears which amounted to 50 million for 2012's the avengers a reported 75 million for 2013's iron man 3 uh he reportedly made another 80 million for his roles in avengers age of ultron and captain america civil war the dude is rolling in it <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> So I just saw this thing, by the way, and it, I'm not surprised. Do you know who the second highest paid act- actor is in the whole thing? I'm not. Just give me a name. Second highest paid. I'm going to guess Chris Pratt. Scarlett Johansson. Oh. Which she's makes been sense. in a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been in a lot. I mean, she she was famous when she got into it. She wasn't even like – this was not a risk for her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like – so, my reason for Chris good. Pratt was just I feel like the people who have gotten deals later on probably have more money up front than those who signed on early. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. All right, well, that's that. So, Marvel's okay. making uh, little free libraries around the U.S. Have you seen this? I did read it, yeah. Okay, so naturally, I'm like, is there going to be one near me? And the answer is kind of. So, it occurred to me after I saw where this location is that they're putting these things in neighborhoods that are underserved. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? So it, this is deep in the heart of, of Harlem, where the one's going to be. But let me let me let me back out. So they're going to put these like basically on your honor little miniature libraries. We can go borrow superhero related books and also like leave a book kind of thing, which no one's going to do. But. Um, but obviously, I'm curious about it, right? You roll up, and it, it, it's it's as big as a phone booth. That's it. You go grab a book, leave, what have you. Uh, it's it's in Harlem, like I said. I kind of want to check it out, but but only during the day, <laughs> <laughs> and not alone. Uh, Luke Cage will be there to help you. Like on 145th Street, man, that's way up there. Well, take a friend. I'm gonna have to. Right, well, take a friend and make it happen and s- spread the love. Take a book to leave in the thing. You know I've got books to spare. That's what I'm saying. Well, you know I've got too many books. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying, I said. <laughs> but anyway, so but it, it, it's a cool little idea. Um, it's called First Book. Um, again, you go take a book, leave a book, the end. I worry about the integrity of this little stand being uh, compromised by ne'er-do-wells, but... Anyway, no one it, would do that. I think it actually. Oh no! It already happened on the twelfth, so I'm late. So you I missed it. it. Well, no, it goes for I want to say like a month. Okay, great. I think so. Well, it was nice knowing you. Thank you. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know what happened to him. I just... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, because of your venture into Harlem and leaving this world, you're going to miss uh, the best news of, of today that I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts on. But Sci-Fi Today teased a. A minute and a half clip that is part, uh, not trailer, it's first footage of Deadly Class, some brief interviews with the Russo brothers, um, basically just a lot to digest that seemingly came out of nowhere. I didn't, I didn't read any stories of this coming up or anything, but the series is, is headed to sci-fi, launches in 2019, 
So, you know, you as a aforementioned biggest fan of Deadly Class, uh, let's hear the thoughts. Oh, man, I can't wait. I mean, first of all, you know I love the book, and I have all along. I've remained current the whole time. But you got the Russo brothers doing this? I mean, we can't lose. (laughs) We cannot lose. I mean, you know, maybe if it was on, like, HBO or even, like, Netflix where you could really, really get – because this book is violent as hell. That's the only thing. But then again, because the Russo brothers are so good – Maybe they're going to be creative about how they display some of the really heinous shit that happens in this series while still keeping it really fresh, good character development. Um, from what I can tell, the characters appear to be very true to you know how they appear in the book. Uh, I, I can't wait. Deadly Class, I'm in all the way. 2019, it's very noncommittal how they said when in 2019, but I like it. What's up with uh yeah I mean it looks awesome to me. I mean that obviously it's what I've said is is why you know I'm getting current with the book to um to be caught up to appreciate it even more. It, it looks super cool. Um I think I just have a you know it's interesting to me what sci-fi is doing in the in the comic book world. I mean so that was who had Happy, right? Yeah. So that Happy um Deadly Class, Sci-Fi's got the Krypton show going right now. Um, I'm not sure. I was trying to do some quick searches here to see if they had bought rights to anything else, which is wholly possible at this time. But, um, you know, good on them. This comic book stuff is landing everywhere. It was, you know, for a while it was like an an AMC thing and, you know, maybe Netflix would buy these things and then they they started doing some stuff. And um, obviously they've got the Umbrella Academy coming. So it's great that these things are landing at, all these different different channels that offer, you know, different things that sci-fi probably can't get as gory as others, but you know, it's certainly not like it's on ABC or something, you know. I mean, I'm I'm well, that would be weird, but I I think it'd be great. Seriously. If, if there was one book that you would want to be a TV show, what would it be? Why the Last Man? Okay. Well, that one's already in like development. Did I pick another one? Yeah. Okay, what do you got? Well, I think about it. Um, hmm. I'm trying to look around the room here to see what's there. Yeah, I mean, um, the same thing. You know, I mean, a safe bet is the vision. Um, okay. It could be like a little thing every week to tune into. I liked uh, In- Invincible was another one that I enjoyed. I think you could do a um, you could do a series about Day Tripper. Your each episode is another day in his life. The it private just, like, eye follows around the book. The private eye would be great. God damn, there's so many books out there. I know. What what, what is one to do here? Th- that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm with you. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good news to end on for once. It's usually bad uh, news around here. Yeah. Well, so much we saved the bad news. bad news for first with Comcast. So. <laughs> <laughs> Again, uh, at least it's it's good to be back on somewhat of a schedule. Um, you know, big things happening in comics. Brooks continues to meet awesome people. Yeah. We've got um, the Han Solo movie about to come out, Deadpool oh 2. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, you know, lots of things going on. So uh, enjoy being a nerd, everybody. And tune in next week, please. <laughs>